With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Podcast. This is Alan with um, Joseph. Welcome. And uh, I'm sitting out here on a oh, full moon, beautiful California evening. And uh, it's... Oh, sound, sounds beautiful. Well, I'm doing my best. I hate international <laughs> breaks. I mean, it's like trying to find something to talk about is, <laughs> is yeah, it's difficult. So I'm really glad that we're that that it's over. We're um, we're back uh, with La Liga on Saturday and uh, playing Leganes, and yeah, we can get back in the swing of oh. things. This yeah, I'm, I'm happy. There's only so many Ronaldo hat tricks against Luxembourg that I can stand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and I think the only the only good thing about the uh, international break for me is that for somebody like Alberto Moreno, it's it's another week mm-hmm. of recovery. I was just thinking that. I was like, oh, that's two weeks down. Yeah, you know, two you know, weeks down for him. We didn't we didn't lose another game there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, our upcoming match with Leganes because this is this is the team that last year we were we struggled out of the gate. Like, but we we still did sweep them. We won both games. Yeah, and we and we were so what I we were had two losses and a draw I think after our first three. We go to um, their their ground at Petarque and we end up winning. The goal, I think it was the only positive thing Miguel Layun did during his tenure <laughs> with Villarreal was he, he took a corner kick that, uh, Carlos Baca, um, uh, scored and we won the game. It was probably one of the, I don't think I saw the whole thing, but what I heard was it was one of our worst performances of the season and yet we came out with three points. So. Yeah. You know, and that was the just goes to show you that's how football is. You play your worst game, and somehow you get your three points. Yeah, I mean, and so we're so we're going there again. Um, Leganes are bottom of the table, which bothers me because we never play well against the Calistas of the world. But (laughs) they're bottom of the table, and we're going there having scored a bunch of goals and given up a bunch of goals. They haven't scored much at all, um, but they haven't given up many either. So yeah, it's it's really interesting. I mean, their first two matches were one O's, um, right. Atletico Madrid and uh, recently promoted Osasuna, which right. we you know we have mentioned that they had the best defense in the uh, the Segunda last year. So true, true. and then they uh, they actually put away their first goal, very first goal against Real Betis, who are also struggling. And then Real Betis coming in within ten minutes, make it two one, and that's how they win the game. So. Right. I don't know what you make of that exactly, because like you said, I mean they haven't they haven't exactly um, given up many goals. I mean just one zero score lines until Rebetis, but at the same time, you know they didn't even get on the score sheet at all until their third game of the season in the second half. I mean that's also saying something. Yeah, and I think they um, they did spend a little bit of money this off season. They they picked up I think fellow who had been on loan from Southampton. Um, Martin Braithwaite, 
a very English name, yes. but it's Danish. I, yeah. He's actually yeah. Danish. <laughs> He's actually Danish and played for in the French League for a while before, I guess. Um, so they, they got him. Um, they picked up uh, Oruo from Chelsea, defender. Um, yeah, I think they uh, they don't seem – I don't know. I think I've maybe said this before, but there are teams that – when they got promoted, they are able to stay up for a year or two, and then it sort of catches up with them, you know. And I feel like this might be Leganese's catch-up-with-them year. I'm just not yeah. – I just don't see – they've got a number of loanies in the squad, and I just don't see a ton of talent there. Um, I was going to say the only person that even remotely scared me was the one you mentioned, Braithwaite. So when you mentioned that, I found it funny because – same thing. If you would ask me to name one player at all, I'd probably just name him and the rest of the team. I would say, well, I mean, they're all fairly beatable. Yeah, the one guy that I, if I'm remembering right, and I have to look back a couple of years ago when we played them, um, they got a win late on when they brought on this guy, and I think he's still with them, um, and I can't remember his name, um, but it's a... Uh, I, I mean, the, the only thing I can take a look at right now... But I think I think overall, they're, they strike me as a kind of team that if you can put up two goals on them, they're going to have a hard time. Right, yeah. And I mean, I think the, the only thing I can take a look at now and just see something, like I said, that interests me is that they got beat 1-0 in their first two games, but one of them was, was against Atletico Madrid, and I mean, them and Uruguay are the 1-0 kings of the universe, so that was always going to be probably the result. I mean, that's what usually happens against Atletico. Um, and again, Osasuna, I mean, they had the best defense in the Segunda. I don't really know three games in how how that's translated so far. I mean, they're pretty high up on the table so far, but I mean, so yeah. you could say they went against two pretty strong defenses, so I don't know what to make of their whether, you know, they just can't score for the life of them. I mean, in no aspect is it good at all to not have to not have scored until your third game. That's not, you yeah. know, no matter what. But not at sure the same either. time, I, I do I do take it with a token since the first two were against some two pretty strong defenses. Yeah, yeah, I just don't – they um, – it looks like they mostly play like a 3-4-1-2, something like that with Braithwaite and – in Nesri up front. I don't think he's who I was thinking about. Um, they do have Roberto Rosales, who's a pretty good right back that, um, he was, um, played for Malaga, I think. He's another one of those exiles. And so he, he's pretty decent. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I just don't look at this team and I, and I see much. So I figure if, I mean, we should win this. Um, we should at least draw this. I think if we do anything less than anything less than, I mean, an unimpressive performance that ends up in a draw is probably going to put some pressure on Kaleja from some of the fans. I think. Yeah, de- definitely. Especially like since you're looking at the bottom of the table, I mean, it's to first of all to play an unimpressive game and to draw a team that's bottom of the table. I mean, that's just going to put them worse on the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I think we should. If we play well, we should win this like 3-1, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I it would be very – it's, 
I hate, keep, I hate having to say this, but it's wishful thinking, I suppose, to, to suppose we're going to get a shutout, especially yeah, since I think the, in the last pod, in the, in the, in the last yeah. podcast we were discussing, um, you know, Asenho should probably start this game, right? Well, he probably should. I don't know that he will. Yeah. But he probably should. I don't know he will. So expecting yeah. that, I mean, I, you know, either keeper, uh, you know, if it's Asenho, he hasn't played it literally in almost a month or two at this point now. So I'm not going to say that it's going to be a shutout scoreline, but I do agree. It should be 3-1. I really do agree. Yeah, and um, we'll see. I mean, Pena should be able to start instead of Mario, I think. I think he's he's recovered. Um, I would think probably we'll see not too many changes from what we've had. I think Pena coming into the back four um, – Probably Santi and, and, uh, and Ibora and Moy has been playing well. Nikambi probably on the left, Chukwesi on the right, but maybe you got Ontiveros on, in on the left instead of Akambi. I don't know. Gerard. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think this would be a good, uh, a good game to start Ontiveros in as yeah, well. Um, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, I think, uh, it's going to be maybe a little bit tougher than I probably expect just because at the same time, I mean, this is a team that's dropped their first three games. Now they went into the the, um, the international break, and I mean they're gonna feel like they need to come out and absolutely get this win, um, right? You know, or else it's just gonna continue tainting the season. Like, all right, when are we gonna get our first win? Four games in, so I think that they're definitely gonna come out and put a lot of pressure on us. Uh, so I don't think it's gonna be that easy for that simple fact. But regardless, I, mean, I do expect us to um to win three one, but I don't expect it to be easy by any means. Well, if, if, uh, I, I think it's one of these games where the first goal will be important. If we can get the first goal, um, that will take, you know, it always takes the home crowd out of it a bit. And if we can get, if we can get a second goal, I mean, I think that's kind of been a characteristic of Virial's play a lot of times too, is that, Sometimes you, you know, I mean, this was true against Granada. It's like you and Levante is like, you've got to convert your chances. And basically, if you can get a couple of goals ahead early on, that can often demoralize the team. Um, but, you know, so I, I think it, it's a definitely a winnable game. Yeah. We should win it, whether we will. I, I'd like to see you know. us go up like 2-0 in the first half. Um, yeah. Go, go to the break like that, and then if they pull one back in the in the second half, I mean, I would expect them to probably, and then we'll get that three one at the very end when they're just absolutely all out attacking, trying to get that tie. I mean, that's kind of how I would expect it to go. But I mean, I, I you know, I don't like you said, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be at least one zero up at halftime if we're converting our chances. Yeah, exactly. Because I think we will get chances. One thing that I've seen though, but it's going to be interesting in this game, um, is that. Um, we have not really had that much possession of the ball. Um, and I think we need to do, and, and, uh, Leganes have had even less. They've had 43% possession in their first three games. So I think it really is a game where we've had basically half our first three. So it's basically up to us, I think, to sort of come out and, and, um, and put the pedal to the metal and, and, uh, put the pressure on them, I think. Um, yeah, I think like I said, got, I, I just I'm interested to see you know which team, which Leganes we're going to see. Are we going to see the first three games of the season Leganes? I mean, like I said, I'll be at 1-0. Scorelines aren't the worst to lose by, 
But are, are you going to see a team that's more rejuvenated after the international break and that says, okay, like we need to go out and we need to get our first draw of the season at the very least? You know, so they'll be fighting tooth and nail. So just interested to see which one comes out. Is it a side that's still very demoralized or a side that's saying, okay, like, hey, it's only three games in. Like, we can do this. Let's get our first win right right here, right now. Well, yeah, and the other thing that they, they have been pretty good, even though they haven't converted many, they've been pretty good on set pieces too, historically. So, which is, as we know, not been our strength defending them. So I think, um, I think that's going to be a key, but I think for us, um, if we can, if we can, uh, if we can generate some good attacks early on, I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. Um, I do think that if we, I don't, you know, if we heaven forbid lose this game or draw, I think there's going to be a lot more concern about, um, uh, how we're doing and about the coach. I just don't think there's yeah, anything around yeah. it. I just, um, so yeah, I, it's, it's going to be very tough. Uh, I hope we come out and play well because I think that would definitely, um, you know, I, make- I think the only way I could see us not winning is, um, the one thing that we've said have always messed us up in the past, which is our mentality. I mean, yeah. talent-wise, like you said, we are we are the better team, and even playing away from home, we should win the game um, by by all means. So I think that, like I said, um, the only thing I could see happening is, like I said, we we go two zero at halftime or one zero at halftime, and they come out after the break or maybe even right before the half, and they strike us back. And right then, right there, what's going to be the mentality of the team? Yes. Are they going to come out and are they going to say, okay, like let's go get this win? Or are we going to see a lot of the same performances that we've seen? In, you know, are we going to play down to their level, um, so to speak? Right. And that, that would be the only way I could see yeah. it not going a win in our favor. So, yeah. And that's always been a problem for us is we, we do have a tendency to play very well against the teams that are very good. And we tend to sometimes play down to the level of some of the teams that aren't. So the other thing that'll be interesting is, I guess, I mean, the weather in the Valencian community has been horrible. Uh, I've been seeing all these um videos of flash flooding and everything but apparently it's not supposed to be very good weather in madrid over the weekend either so if it's if it's really rainy and and uh, windy that could that can always play a role in the game too so we'll see oh, anyway. the way to see are, is there anybody is so i think we discussed Antiveros and aseno is there anybody that you'd like to see like we said we're, we're going against an opponent that's bottom of the table um well, like you'd probably see- think that I'd like to see Morlanas play because I, I mm-hmm. got some playing time. Of course, he played for the international under twenty one side in midweek. So, how much? Yeah. So he's he's a little less rested than some, but I think ultimately we have to we have to sort of get him back in there. But yeah, probably. Um, I think for me, Asenjo and um, getting Pena back in, getting Ontiveros um, in, is yeah, probably, yeah. probably the key. Uh, yeah, I'd, l- I'd like to see Ontiveros and Ibora. I don't think it's necessarily a game that you need to start Anguissa in, um, <laughs> just because depending on what Calleja wants to do with his tactics, if he wants to go out and very attack them, like we said, right off the bat, get that goal early, take the pressure off. I mean, that's a very good strategy. He puts Anguissa out there and he just wants to kind of sit back and play off that and if they want to have the possession, like you said, they're hovering around 43%. Maybe they want to get it up to 50, 55, and control possession maybe a little bit more. Then maybe Kaya puts him in and sits him in there. But I don't think it's a necessarily a game that he needs to start. Um, I'd be fine with Iboda playing um, and uh, Antiveros as well. Because, I mean, I think every little flash we've seen out of him so far, like I said, besides that one giveaway um, to yeah. Modric last game, 
unfortunate. Yeah. But like besides that, I mean, he's been a really good spark in the game. So it'd be nice to see him uh, get a little bit more minutes. Right. So, okay. Well, let's let's take a little bit of a break, and then we'll we'll talk about some the real doings that are going to happen closer to where you are, and uh, we'll, we'll also mention the take a look briefly at the Cantera and how they're doing. So here's a little bit of a break, and we'll be back on the other side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And here we are. So um, you were telling me that there is a youth tournament that Virial is going to be involved with down in Miami, right? Yes, yes. I, I you know, I follow them on their Twitter account, uh, both of them, their English and their Valencian one. And um, I knew that they did this last year, um, but I think it's also pretty cool um, that they're in collaboration with La Liga. So it's not just them. They, you know, the entire Liga sanctioned it, basically. They're going to organize a couple of events in November um, here around me in Miami. And basically the first thing that they'll be doing is they're going to host a Miami Cup tournament. And it's going to basically be a competition, which I've seen them do off their tour accounts in different places. I know they played in Dallas this summer. And the team there, the youth team they sent there did very well, actually. I think they made it to the yes. final and lost in the final. Um, right. So that was cool to see. I think they're doing something like that around here, which is going to be um, 24 under 12 sides, and five of them are going to be from the MLS. And um, it's going to include a, a youth side from us, and then it's going to be another 18 outfits from the state of Florida, which, I mean, we, you know, I can say from being here that we have some pretty good youth soccer teams that play in the state ourselves. A lot of our talent comes out of here. Right. Um, and, yeah, so it would be pretty cool to see, especially because, you know, some of the MLS academies actually do produce some very good youth talent. I mean, in the last couple of years, I think Dallas has sent off one of their guys to Bayern Munich um, youth side. I mean, we just had this one kid from, I think, the Red Bulls, um, Tyler Adams, I think, go off to um, to Leipzig. And he's been playing very well till he got hurt. So, I mean, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they meet each other and what happens. And then I think a week later, Marco Senna will be here along with um, some other coaches who's going to work on the club's methodology. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because that's that's more um, when I talked to Lucy and Thomas about the academy setup. I guess Miami they don't have a. The difference seems to be that in some of the places they've got a local partner that mm. they teamed up. I believe, I believe it's Virginia. Well, they've got to. they've got several. They've got Virginia and they've got a one in North Texas and one in North Carolina, Fayetteville. I know, and then the one in Nebraska. Um, I remember those. There may be a couple others, but those are ones where they've got like a, a already existing youth program that they then partner with. And I think Miami is more of a um, doing it. I don't know about doing it from scratch, but they they're not working with a particular youth setup in Miami. They're they're coming there and and doing a whole um you know, weekend of, of training and so forth. And, and I think it really is, you know, I talked to, um, Thomas, Thomas and Lucy, who's, who's actually come over for a couple of these things. It, it's really about the training methods and the, and the sort of the, 
values or whatnot that, that Virial, um, try to instill in their youth players that, that they're trying to export. It's, it's, it's a, and, you know, as you know, the way that, that the kids in Europe approach the game tends to be a lot different than the way American kids approach it. Yes, exactly. And I think that's where we really described, okay, what is the methodology? What is being offered? And I think that's where it gets really interesting because, I mean, I was talking to you about like, um, the methodology basically for me means that like a lot of kids that grow up here and I see them and I play with them. I think the American style of play, obviously, and you see it through our national team, unfortunately, is one where, you know, we're very physically in shape. We I mean, we can run all game. We give it our heart. We give it our all. But the way we approach the game mentally just isn't the same. And I think you can mm-hmm. say up to par with the way any Europe, I mean, you can take Levante, you can even take Ibar and put a kid from here into their academy and the kid would say, wow, this is completely leaps and bounds above um, both skill-wise and mentality-wise anything I've ever experienced in my life. And I think it's it's also the reason a lot of, you know, a lot of kids you send over there, maybe they don't do so well, other ones they click with it. And I was explaining to you um, also that, you know, a lot of people will be familiar if they're familiar with the U.S. national team, Pulisic, I mean, our best player, but someone that went over to Europe at a very young age and trained there through his father, um, who was a coach. And so basically he's our best player on our team, but he has a completely European mentality. It's the reason he's made it to Chelsea. So you can see some of these guys that don't break in through the U.S. team to like 28, 30 through their performances in the MLS. Meanwhile, you have kids in Europe like 14, 15 that get the opportunity and their mentality when they come back is just completely different. The way they look at the game, the way they approach the game is completely different. And so I think that's, um, that's really interesting because they could bring a kid over there for a couple of weeks to Villarreal and I'm sure it's, it's completely different than anything they ever would have imagined getting here coached coaching wise. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because when you look at, when you look at, um, the, I guess the, the, probably the youngest team we've had the opportunity to watch on Virial TV is the juvenile A team because the, you know, the, the little kids we don't get to see or even the teenagers really, but, but there's a style of play that you learn and there's a style and it's just automatic, you know, that you, that you, you see one player moving forward and you see another sliding in and, and everybody knows there's, there's, and there's a style of playing the game where you just, you just look to close the other team off. You know, you're basically, um, when you watch our B team or our C team or our first team play, it's all the same. We're trying to, we're trying a certain style of play where we're trying to essentially, um, suffocate the opponent in some ways. And, um, and that's just so much different than I think what kids here tend to get, which is more individual training. And I think I was mentioning to you that when Spain played the U.S. in 2011 at a friendly in Foxborough, Elisa and I went to the, well, I went to the game and we both went to the training session that was open to the public. And it was fascinating because for the U.S., I mean, and this is the U.S. national team, right? I mean, you, you know, you've got Bradley and Altador and all these guys, you know, and it's like it was kind of like watching um, a high school football team warm up in American football. You know, it's like somebody kind of runs a pass pattern on their own and somebody else throws the ball to them. It was a bit like that. I mean, it was very individual, you know, kind of players kicking the ball into the net and stuff like that and fitness oriented, but not 
possession oriented, not team oriented. And then mm-hmm. Spain came out and it was just all these close, you know, close control drills yeah. and forum. For, I mean, just amazing stuff. And just, and just the technical passing and, and everything. It was like, and, yeah. you know, and my wife, who, was a casual fan, you know, just looked said, wow, I thought it would be different, but not like, it was like they were playing a different game, you know, <laughs> they were getting ready yeah. for the game, and that's... Yeah, two, two, two completely different approaches, even if it's a friendly, just yeah. two completely yeah. different approaches, and, I, and mm-hmm. I think it underscores a lot of things, because I think a lot of people will say, um, oh, well, you know, it's just Spain, you have world-class players, and I, I understand that method of thinking, but... I think it has, I don't really think it has much to even do with that. I think that, um, like we said, it's just all mentality and all tactically how we teach our kids here as they come up through the game. I think, I think had we, we drop our current crop of U.S. people and put, have, have, you know, let's say we run back time and we drop them all in European Academy since the age of five. And I think we have a completely different team, quite obviously. So I don't think it has anything to do with like, oh, it's Spain. I mean, these are Iniestas, these are Javis. And I, I get that. These are world class players one-of-a-kind players, no matter what country. But I don't think that says, you know, like, oh, hey, the United States will just, these kids here will never be talented or they just will never be as talented. I, like I said, I think it all comes down to methodology and training and the way they approach the game as a whole. Or, you know, they, they take things very, very seriously um, in Europe. And even in South America, I mean, to be honest, I mean, a lot of these kids are using this to get out of wherever they grew up in. Um, whatever small town, whatever little place. I mean, you hear a lot of these stories, these kids coming out and football was their only way out. The sport was their only way out. And, um, fortunately or unfortunately, the way you look at it here, um, a lot of people are a little bit better off here than maybe in South America. And, um, a lot of kids come out of here and, you know, I know a lot of them personally. I mean, I grew up with some of them kids, you know, well off families. I mean, they play the game for fun. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not like, Hey, I need to, I need to play this to survive. To yeah. win, to make money for my family, I need to make the, it to the senior team of even a small town club of where I'm at. Like there is no, there's no way of looking at it like that. Um, right. Exactly. So I, I think, like I said, I think it's that we're not talented. I think it's all about methodology, like we're saying. I mean, just the way they're brought up, and I think that's what Villarreal has to offer. Basically, any European academy has to offer I, to I some of the kids so. here. Yeah, I think so. I think Villarreal has has the methodology to offer, and I think the other thing that they offer, which is which is important too, is that you know it's it's like um, any of the kids who grow who go through the um, academy in Villarreal. I mean, at the start, of course, it's basically you know there's it's you want to play as a as a 6 year old you you get on a team <laughs> you know however many there are um and you know most of the players who who are who go through our academy never have careers in football you know but they but they're they're learning teamwork they're learning life skills they're learning you know fair play what whatever and i think that's also a part of what the team is trying to promote in some of this stuff but but yeah, the um, the bottom line is that usually they'll identify a couple of kids from this camp who will then come to Villarreal, and if they think their eyes have been opened by the by the camp in Miami, you know, imagine what it'll be like when they get to the to the to the um, the the little Ciudad Deportiva and they see what it's like to you know. As a thirteen-year-old training with Villarreal thirteen-year-olds, I mean, I, I exactly just yeah. completely different. So, I, um, great opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think, and also 
you know, one more thing is that I think it's very cool that, um, you know, I've read plenty of stories off their site, the Real site, where, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the youth team, I mean, they're staying right in front. They're, you know, the home base where they're staying is right in front of the field, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the senior side field. So, and I think that's also pretty cool because it's like you take a kid from here and you bring him over there and you house him over there and he wakes up every morning and sees that field. That's basically showing him the best you can. Like you wake up every day. This is this is your most important goal for the day. Forget everything else. Go out on this field, perform, do your best, give it your best mentally and physically um, to fit in and to play the game the way we teach you or the way we're trying to show you. You know, I, I think it's quite different than, hey, you know, here, hey, mom, pick me up, take me to practice. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be right there. I'll be right there, guys. Give me a second. You know, it's, it's yeah. just different. Totally. It's different. It's, it's, you're right. It's a different, it's a different way. It's a different approach to the game. It's a more serious approach to the game that, um, you know, hopefully that takes with some, with some kids. I mean, I know that, you know, ultimately if, if, if as a result of all of these academies and everything, Virial, um, identify some players that come from the U.S. to Villarreal and, and uh, end up playing for our youth sides. That would be great. I mean, we've got, um, you know, we've we've got uh, Mukwele Akale playing for our B side now, um, which we should mention they they won again. They're they're three wins from three, and they're not handing back leads, so they're doing well. Um, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> a little bit of a dig there, but oh. Yeah, oh, but but, yeah, but but three wins out of three is nothing to complain yeah. about. And uh, no, not at all. It's fa- it's fantastic. Oh. It's it's you know, and I think in a way, I mean, that mentality can kind of carry over to other sides as well. I think you know, if you're a B teamer and you're looking at them and you're saying, man, it, that's cool that you know they're being able to pull this off. Hey, I want to play better too. I want to get three wins from three games as well. I want to, you know, it's competition, really. If, mm-hmm. I, if I'm playing for the yeah. B team or even the A team, I look at I look at that and I'm like, hey man, like that's cool that they can do that. That's cool that they're keeping their cool about them and they're going out and performing. I want to do the same. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I of want course, it to be me. Yeah, of course the Hoovedale A side that we were mentioning, um, I guess they lost in the Dallas Cup on penalties um, to the Mexican side. I forget Tigres, I think. Um, but then they won the um, one of the competitions. They lost on penalties on one of the competitions and won and won the other one in Spain for the for the Juvenil A side. So that was a really great thing. And and you look at and those players move on up to C team, B team, and hopefully first team. I think Senior Roig has always been about the Cantera. You know, when we when we were relegated and we had to cut our budget by so much, the first thing you know, one of the first things he said was you know, we're, we're going to preserve the money for the Cantera. We're not going to sacrifice our future to, you know, to, to save try our to make present. it back. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. It, and that worked, that worked, worked real well. So I think we're seeing the, the fruits of that with, with, um, a lot of our, a lot of our first team players now and certainly the, a lot of the B team players. So, you know, that's, that's going really well. And I, and I guess the B team, I believe is, believe they're playing um, on the road this week. I'm not real sure. Um, I know they're playing Saturday shortly after the first team. So, um, and it's, as I say, the weather conditions this weekend in Spain seem to be pretty bad, but hopefully they'll come through with a win. So yeah, I believe they're playing, uh, this Saturday. I just looked it up. They're playing yeah. this Saturday, uh, at Lagostera. And at then La- the following, st- following Sunday, um, we'll be playing at home against the Barcelona B team. Oh, that'll be that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be, mm-hmm. a, that'll be a fun that'll be a fun side. 
fun game as always. Sounds like the neighbor's dog is uh, beginning to bark, so I think we. I I honestly cannot believe that in all our podcasts, my dogs have not. I have two of them. I cannot believe either one has not barked. I, not I, barked. I don't know how I get this lucky. Yeah, well, I don't know how. Maybe they're waiting for a Virial win. We're, oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll for, I'll force them to bark after that one. Yeah, that's right. So that that would be good, you know. So anyway, um, we'll we'll wrap it up for this time. We'll be back um early next week after. Hopefully a victory at Leganes, but after whatever game it is, regardless. And um, yes. until then, this is Alan for Joseph and Virial USA. End of Virial. Mm-hmm. See you guys soon.